save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Episode 38. The future of cryptocurrency. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm Dennis O'Brien, your host. And I'm Katie Welsh. All right, so today we're talking about part one of this cryptocurrency series with one of my really good friends. Right, so you have three episodes? Yeah, there's, this is part one of three. So Okay, with Dominic. With Dominic. And you and Dominic go way back. Yes, yeah, so... To Dominic, being little little kids in Africa. Right. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I met Dominic when I was in fifth grade, so oh, I've known him a very long time. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and but Dominic, besides being just your really good friend, has made like a killing in cryptocurrencies. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what currencies he's looking at and stuff like that later on in the episode, but... He's done very well off it. He sort of researched it a lot more than I did initially. I sort of was like, hmm, what is this strange internet you, money? Like, you were, you I were was, skeptical. I have been skeptical for years about it, you know. And if anyone hasn't checked out, I'd recommend checking out our previous episode, which is about an introduction to cryptocurrencies and stuff. It, it really goes into some of the basics that I've learned over a period of time. And it's all of... Me really asking a lot of questions that people just don't know. I'm not as well versed in cryptocurrency as you. Yeah, you just haven't read up as yeah, much, I guess. I haven't invested yet. I am thinking about it, but I'm, it's scary. I'm struggling to take the plunge. Yeah, it, I it's, won't, it's I won't really even scary. lie. No, it, it's, it's funny internet money, like I said, you know, like you, you, you don't trust what you don't understand. And I think. If someone can try and understand stuff, that's your first step towards anything. Right. Just a heads up, guys. Currently, about 5% of the population is invested in crypto. So Wait, that's... when you say 5% of the population, now we're in America and we all think that America is it. No, global population. Okay, so... Yeah. All right. 5% of the world. Okay. Thank so you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to dive right into our interview? Yep. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, I have Dominic Florzak here with us. Dominic has a beef farm with distinction from the University of the Witwatersrand and an MBA in business administration from Harriet Watts University. He's currently the managing director of a pharmaceutical company and in charge of the firm's corporate cryptocurrency portfolio. He's an experienced trader dealing with both stocks and cryptocurrency. Welcome, Dominic. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure to have you on the show. So let's dive right into probably one of the most serious questions. Who's your favorite superhero and why? Uh... 
Yeah, my favorite superhero and why? Hmm. I would probably say Batman, just because he's cool. <laughs> I know he doesn't have the best superpowers, but I don't know. There's just something to his uh, broody nature, which one can admire. I can really appreciate that. <laughs> our, our guest from yesterday, actually, well, from the last episode, actually also had Batman as his superhero. So he, he's been popular this week. <laughs> Damn, I'm a conformist. <laughs> you know how it goes. All right, so let's chat about cryptos. So cryptocurrency is a sphere where there's a huge amount of noise in the market. People are losing their minds. They're making thousands. They're losing thousands. It's all really absolutely insane. So first off, when did your interest in cryptocurrencies and crypto assets spark? And why did you decide to get involved? All right, to be honest, I was first around uh, discussions about crypto in 2010, and uh, I thought it was a scam. It was actually an assumption straight off the bat, and I didn't listen to the individuals who were talking about it at that stage. I mean, if I had invested at that stage, I'd probably be retired somewhere on an island right now. Um, I didn't take it seriously, probably because it sounds like such a such a grand design if you look at you know, every facet of it so the reason i got actively involved in it was because about three years ago um, i had the opportunity to deal with a company which is a multi-level marketing company that uh, uses a crypto token as part of the uh, let's say main premise of the business and uh, obviously i had to suss it out and see if they're worth our time and uh I got very involved in the MLM, and I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to punt it for numerous reasons. I don't think that would be uh, most professional manner sure, to do yeah. things. Yeah, but because of that very active involvement in that company, I started to focus more on other currencies because I had to make a comparison. And what was good is being so uh, involved in that company, which was starting up its own coin, which is actually on the exchange. Um, I learned a lot and I guess I got to see things from an objective perspective. It's hard as an outsider to, you know, know how things start from day one. Yeah, no, like or cryptocurrency company. Yeah, definitely makes sense. I mean, I also like I heard about cryptocurrency back in like I think it was 2008 or 2009 and I've been so skeptical for years you know I've just been always scared of all right I'm gonna put my money into something that's brand new you know like there's not With no much surety yeah right well that's exactly so. it you know there, there's no surety and how do I know that this not that this isn't some scam and I'm gonna lose all my money yeah, no, it is crazy. But with high risk comes a high reward as a financial principle. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Yeah. It, and I think that any investor can appreciate if you're not going to risk anything, you know, like there's no type of reward you're going to get at all. I mean, I could leave my money in a bank account or under my pillow. It's not going to grow. You know, it, it's a yeah. risk that you have to take. And, and I think it sort of boils down to the basic principle of as long as you're diversified and you don't bite off more than you can chew. Why not? Like it's something to try out, you know, and I think now in, in the current markets in 2018, I would say that it's definitely a lot more mature. There's a lot more almost, I, I don't want to say regulation because that's the wrong word, but there's a lot more exchanges and platforms and a lot more understanding really on the subject. 
we'll call it a crypto governance that has emerged. <laughs> uh, back in the day, it was really like the Wild West. You're, you're, you're investing money in these digital tokens somewhere, somehow on an exchange that popped out of nowhere. And you, you're basically just hoping that you know, you'll, you'll get your currency when you need it. I mean, at least the nice thing is there has been, like you say, some kind of maturity and there is some kind of a standard of professionalism in the back. It seems now to just be profit driven. I mean, these people have more to gain from running, for example, professional exchanges and um, backing proper businesses behind ideas than just doing a scam coin, for example. So it is a, a much less lower risk investment these days, but obviously that means you can't make your 22,000 or 44,000% gains. Yeah. Well, I mean, even though well, it's not impossible. No, I was going to say, like, potentially you can with the new yeah, like, you can. ICOs. And for those who don't know, that's an initial coin offering. Um, in essence, when a new currency is trying to get off the ground, they have an initial coin offering where a whole bunch of coins would be offered to the market and the market basically determines the price. And we've seen some coins jump dramatically once that's happened. And, you know, I guess that's sort of how things start off. And, you know, like Bitcoin as a prime example is a, you know, it, it started off under a dollar. You know, if we think about it like that. It was, it was a few pennies or something for one i mean it was ridiculous it was at rock bottom levels for so many years until funny enough bad publicity got the spike yep sometimes that's all it the, takes <laughs> i think uh, mount gox hack if i'm not mistaken and, yes yeah. you know any publicity is good publicity so that's it, it has some strange beginnings but it's really it's something i'm very passionate about and something that has potential to make every normal civilian's life better so fantastic so let's dive into bitcoin a bit and i know bitcoin's been a huge roller coaster and it's crushed many people's dreams it's made many people many very rich so like if we look in december 2017 the prices were close to about twenty thousand dollars for a coin and a month later we're down under ten thousand you know i've heard rumors that it um, Bitcoin could potentially go to a million dollars. I mean, there's a huge amount of noise in the market and there's a lot of hype. And, you know, what is your perspective of Bitcoin? And, and you know, being in the market a bit longer, you have a bit more insights. What do you, where do you think it's going to go? Um, it's a good question. Well, there's numerous f factors to, if you, if you want me to just directly talk about where I think it's going to go. It's all dependent. So you, we need to remember that we're all speculating here. Think of it as like Facebook day one. Right. Um, what I will address is, for example, a lot of people um, in December, you heard this a lot. And if, you, if the people listening have friends like this, just, just please, you can throw this in their face um, gently. But they were saying that it's not feasible and Bitcoin has to pop because it's selling at 20,000 US dollars a coin. But these same people, I had an individual say that comment to me, but he had a Rolex on his arm. And I said, how much do you pay for that watch? Why did you pay so much for that watch? Because of <laughs> demand. Yep. Not correct? Yeah. You're not going to pay that same amount for some lip ice or, I don't know, elastic bands from a shop. There's no demand for it and there's a ton of it. Um, so it's very wrong. People are very biased when they talk about Bitcoin. Never let anyone um, turn around and say something like, 
you know, it can't be half a million dollars a coin because I know there are some projections for it being a half a million dollars at the end of the year. Um, I'm not going to say it's it's not impossible because, for example, if Bitcoin is adopted properly and they release what's called the Lightning Network, which is an upgrade to increase transaction times and also uh, to decrease the costs involved of transacting. And if they also, for example, use atomic swaps, it will make it more usable in a real world perspective and that will give it value. So if the demand bumps up significantly, you you know you could be looking at more than half a million US dollars a coin. I think it's 2023. Don't quote me on that. Where it's going to be nearly impossible to mine a Bitcoin because it's being throttled by the algorithm. So currently, for example, another thing I'll address there's people say um, it's not backed by anything. You know, it's not backed by anything. How can it be worth, let's say, for example, three thousand dollars a coin? Excuse me, it is. You know, you can't make a Bitcoin out of nothing. You need the software, you need the expertise, you need the electricity. Currently, uh, last I checked, it costs about three and a half thousand dollars to mine a coin, um, excluding equipment involved. I think that's just electricity costs. It's something insane. So, I mean, it has the same value as trying to pull gold from the earth. There's a, there's a refining process to bring it into existence. Um, and similarly, you know, we don't, I don't know if people really know this, but we don't use the gold standard anymore. We don't print as much money as we have gold. Uh, the only thing our money is backed is by government saying, well, if your bank goes under, we'll make sure that uh, we can somehow uh, find the funds in some kind of matter, matter so that the economy doesn't completely collapse. And some of these governments are as incompetent as the banks that would cause such a scenario. So. If, if that's your kind of surety that you're having from a financial perspective, that surety wouldn't work for anyone. It seems to work for civilians, but, you know, slightly irrational if you think about it. Yeah. It's backed because we give, it, we give it value. We do. It's backed because there's demand and the pull effects of demand is an economic principle. And it's backed because of scarcity. And the longer that goes by, the harder it is to get one because the more people want one, the harder it is to mine. So to say that a Bitcoin can reach half a million US dollars, completely plausible. If, if they make it usable, which is what Bitcoin core developers are doing, then yes, there's much validity. I mean, hypothetically, what if Facebook adopt Bitcoin in six months time using the Lightning Network or Amazon? Yeah. Like anything could surely happen. anything could happen. Then you'll be trading 0, 0.00001 Bitcoin for something on Amazon. And everyone will be fighting over a little piece of this currency, this digital currency. The only reason it's not hit that, for example, some of your users might know, it costs about 6 to $8 to transact. So what if you want to buy a cup of coffee? You can buy a cup of coffee for $2. You can pay $8 transaction fees. It's not feasible at the moment. It's an infantile technology. Yeah, I think you touched on some really interesting topics there. I just want to mention the first topic, that you touched on there was mining. And I'd like to discuss that in part three of our series on Bitcoin. So hang around and you'll be able to hear that a little bit later. But let's maybe dive into gold a little bit. I really am glad you brought that up. So 100% right, the gold standard is no longer in effect. And for our, long, for our younger listeners, the gold standard was in essence what was back in the currencies. It facilitated trade. 
And now that that's sort of been done away by, like you mentioned, the com- or the, the, the countries are basically responsible for their own currency and sort of trying to regulate demand and supply factors. Now, an interesting theory which I like to apply is normally in times of like a recession, what does the government do? Suddenly prices are going up, stuff's too expensive. The government prints more money. So if you look at the US, the US will go and print another trillion dollars. What does that do? It, it dilutes the currency a little bit. It causes inflation to go a little bit higher, but it, it more importantly, it regulates the money supply in the market. So when the supply goes a bit higher, you then will reach your equilibrium where the demand meets it. So if we're going to be moving to a society that's going to be based on cryptocurrencies, where there is a finite supply of this currency, it's going to be really interesting when we come around for a recession, you know, like, because if we're now only using this currency, it's going to be a really bad place that we're in because we can't now print more, you know? And I think that with the whole globalization factor coming in, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to some countries. And I think we're going to see countries going bust because suddenly they can't print anymore. They're not in charge of anything. And we're going to be in a really interesting place. You, you touched on some very important points. And I think that's, uh, I don't know if I can refer them, but there's a Bitcoin documentary on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment. I don't know if it's there in the US, but it touches on some very important social points which uh, discuss the utility of cryptocurrency in our lives. So like you say, right now, we're actually in a very bad situation worldwide where the governments and the banks are almost one of the same. They're actually controlled by the banks and you know they affect your lives. So for example, if I'm running a pharmaceutical business in South Africa here and uh, my governments go and save some very... Uh, stupid comments which is common my currency drops and my life and my business is harder to run and that's not the way it should be so if we went back to the bot system and the deal that me and you have is i'll trade you one of my red apples for your green apple it makes sense but now it's a situation of actually mm, my asset which i put my time and expertise in for example is valued at less when i move from one jurisdiction to the next depending on how much better one individual's government is over the next uh, in terms of behavior, fiscal policies, et cetera. And uh, it's not a fair value system, but also uh, it gives too much power to a system that has already shown to fail out. Most democratic um, nations have issues with the government. It's a farce to say that it's completely democratic and all your best interests are taken at place. You know, if cryptocurrency, a global currency came into play, our overall needs would be met in one facet of life better than they currently are um, because you would have less manipulation of these uh, certain individuals who are in cahoots at the top. And I'm sure you would agree that a government should function independently from the which it doesn't from the fiscal arena of a nation. So let the politicians make the decisions on certain topics in life, but it shouldn't have such a dramatic effect on the financial standing that an individual or business be at the time. And what everybody wants is the freedom to, for example, run their business 
and not be that affected by conflict that may be arising in a political sphere. And that's what everybody dreams of. So, for example, one scenario that I could give is everybody makes fun of the Zimbabwean dollar. What would stop, for example, that government now spending whatever asset base they have remaining on Ethereum and turning around and saying, we've uh, made some kind of uh, economic system where our currency of choice is Ethereum. That would actually boost the currency overnight by probably 20, 30%. And it would add so much value and ease to people's lives living in that country because now you have also a global currency. So if they said that for Bitcoin, you can get certain cards where an individual from Zim could go there with a card put it into ATM in America and pull out dollars with minimal Forex fees like you'd do if you were changing a Zim dollar to a US dollar, for example. And that's the kind of freedom any individual in society deserves. Yeah. I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting place that we're going to. And I think as time goes on, it's inevitable that we're going to move towards globally recognized currencies where I, like I, can, I, I can transact in one, curr one currency in any country in the world. I think that point is coming, but the question is how far off are we? And also, if that point is coming, what's going to happen to our traditional currencies? That point, I think, is far further along in the future than we think. I love your optimism. I think it's going to be a mini war between the powers that be currently and uh, the crypto sphere. Um, because they don't seem to want to let go of the power. So if you look at, for example, South America, they're talking about uh, bringing in the, what were they calling it, the crypto, was it the, oh, I can't remember, but basically it was going to be backed by barrels of oil. And, you know, fair enough, but you need to really sit down quietly and analyze why does the government insist on making their own currency. Why is Russia talking about a crypto ruble? India about a crypto rupee? I read today uh, South Korea and Central Bank uh, want to make their own cryptocurrency. That's against the point. Yeah. Nobody wants a centralized currency. So for example, if the president of South Korea changes now and says a bunch of completely moronic things, that your currency is going to drop and affect you, your family, and the business you started up in that place. It shouldn't be that way. We should have a fiscal freedom away from a political realm. And it's upsetting. It's actually very upsetting for me to see because they just need a drop. But politicians are not on, they're not sitting in a position where they actually care about the people anymore. And I don't think anyone should argue about that. It's very rare to find a politi politician who gets into the sphere and remembers who they were, let's say, in the beginning and actually want to go and help out the civilians in the country. Because if they did, they would turn around and make moves to make people's lives better. For example, like some could easily change to Bitcoin or Ethereum now. Yep. When you're a generation cryptocurrency. But as you'll see, if Zim has the opportunity, they would probably like to stick to a Zim dollar. Yep. Is it about patriot patriotism? Is it about control? There's a million different reasons for them to do that. It's not beneficial, believe it or not, to the civilian living in that country. Best to have one world global currency where you have the freedom. So for example, if I was exactly as qualified as you are, me and you technically, we should be earning, let's say 0.1 Ethereum every hour. That's fair, right? Yep. Why, for example, should an individual in a certain jurisdiction make more per hour if you're looking at a value system? So let's say you can buy five beers an hour instead of me getting one beer an hour, but we have the same qualifications and skill set. It isn't fair. 
It isn't about equality and it's a broken system. So the better we, or the faster we reach a globalization of this financial realm, uh, the more happier everybody will be and the more fair it will be to be on this planet and function within the system. And the more distribution of wealth there will be as well. Because currently, if you really go into the research, the people that profiteer most is the top one percentile. It's kind of like a snowball effect. It is very easy to make money when you have money. Of course. Believe me. So, you know, it really, really, it would change so many people's lives. It would bring the planet as a whole one step closer to being in a utopian state per se. Not that I think that, you know, things on this planet will ever be perfect, but things can definitely be better. Yeah, it's actually, I really like that you touched on countries owning their own cryptocurrency, which it goes against the whole point of a cryptocurrency, which is that it is decentralized and it's anonymous. People can't track what you're doing, you know, and I think that the crypto community as a whole probably wouldn't want to embrace that. And also, what's to stop a government from just, in essence, releasing more coins when they need to? You know, it's the same problem. It's really straight back to square one, straight back to manipulation, straight back to them for even going on the blockchain and doing false verifications, which is possible. So Bitcoin prevents that. You do a false verification, you lose it as a miner, there will be a punishment. Or for example, there's proof of stake in Omisco Ethereum coming where you need to hold like a thousand coins. And if you try and hack or whatever and do a false verification, you're losing a thousand coins. So you, you're incentivized not to do false verifications. But if you, if you make a token, for example, like Ripple or something, nothing really stops you from tinkering with the system. Uh, it's not impossible. And the problem is with, for example, the bank-backed currencies currently, Ripple still illumines. Um, they, they do not focus on those notions. It's more about just making it easier to transla- transact from one country to the next, which is nice. I mean, currently it does cost too much if I want to send you funds or you know, my mom in America, if I'd like to send her funds. It, it isn't fair for, let's say, a certain percentage of that to go to the bank. We would like to decrease that. But the way the banks are seeing it is that it currently costs them, they calculate like $6 or something a transaction. And if they adopt these tokens, it will cost them far less. And all they'll do is charge us. So let's say it will be almost free and they'll charge us 0.08%. But if you do the actual science behind it, they, they benefit more from uh, using similar blockchain technology. And once again, that's not your best interest. That's hard. It's a business perspective for them. They, they want to increase their profits and decrease the admin example, lay off more people, yet they still want to continue having scarcity in the system, fractional reserve banking, AKA, you know, they can loan 10 times the amount that they get in a physical cash. And it's been shown time and time again that they violate those principles and regulations. So a lot of individuals in society are frantically running around trying to repay loans that are very difficult to pay back. This is built into the system. It's slavery by debt. Yeah, it really is. So let's dive into cryptocurrency a little bit and talk about how one actually goes about purchasing cryptocurrency and, you know, what the difference is between an exchange and a wallet, whether you need both. Could you dive into that a bit? All right. So, for example, I know in America, if you want to buy certain cryptocurrencies, you use uh, exchange called Coinbase. And what you'll do is essentially you'll load, let's say $1,000. 
And then you'll have some simple mechanisms to immediately change fiat currency, which is a US dollar, into, let's say, Ethereum or Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. So that exchange determines who they want to back. You can't go and buy any one of the 1,500 tokens that exist at the moment on there. Um, and then the difference between a wallet is a wallet is a digital wallet that you'll keep either on your computer or on something that looks like a flash disk where you store your cryptocurrency. And um, if you, for example, using an exchange, you'll be using, let's say, a digital wallet on the exchange, which is risky because in the past, uh, exchanges have been hacked. This is when the market was less mature. And hopefully it never happens again because I see they put a hell of a lot of effort into preventing that. But yeah, a wallet is just a digital wallet like you'd have one in your pocket. And that's where you'll keep your tokens or cryptocurrency um, until you want to sell them or use them or whatever. So you can also get, for example, a paper wallet, they call it, which is a simple app you download for certain currency onto your computer. And then you'll have a password to get in. And yeah, it's much safer than the exchange, but it's not... Is not ideal. The best thing I'd recommend to anyone getting into cryptocurrency, if you're going to put a lot of money in, which you can afford, hopefully, you'd keep it on a Trezor or Nano S Ledger, which is nearly impossible to hack unless you buy a secondhand one. Please do not do that. So in essence, a wallet is actually offline, if I can put it, put it like that. Yes. Okay. And then like right. to transact, you obviously plug it in and do anything that you want to do. You sink, yeah. Even with a paper wallet, you'll sink, yeah. Fantastic. Chainers, if you're looking at getting Coinbase, head over to chainofwealth.com slash Coinbase. If you put in more than $100 of digital currency, whether you buy or sell, you're going to get $10 of Bitcoin for free. So that's chainofwealth.com slash Coinbase. Awesome. We're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're trying to to figure out this whole crypto thing, head over to chainofwealth.com slash crypto. We've got Crypto School, which is us teaching you everything we know about crypto to help empower you and teach you about a really confusing topic. That's chainofwealth.com slash crypto and enroll in Crypto School. And welcome back from the value link round. So Dom, why do you think people fail at achieving their dreams? Truthfully speaking, the biggest thing I see from my perspective is it's negativity, sense of negativity that you can't achieve or you can't do it or playing the victim as well. Uh, it's the most malevolent pattern of being that one could adopt. If you have a positive attitude and you appreciate and uh, you don't blame your circumstances, you will actually soar through life because i guarantee you everyone in life has opportunity multiple opportunities it's just depending if you're willing to take them and work for it that's a solid answer so do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend to our listeners um books that i like it doesn't relate to crypto but the alchemist another good book in terms of being is the power of kabbalah not to say i'm particularly religious but it, it is a wise book and um, podcasts that I like not really relates to crypto, but uh, Joe Rogan podcast brings me quite a lot of joy. Um, yeah. From a perspective of cryptocurrency, if people are looking to get into it, 
uh, I would suggest a good place to start is YouTube, watching individuals such as David Hay. Um, is, uh, he's, he doesn't claim to be an expert, but a very entertaining one with decent advice is Crypto Daily. And um, the last one is called, let me just think, because they really deserve a shout out. A shout out is, oh, let me think here. Uh, Box Mining. That's a YouTube channel. He's very thorough with the research he does. And then another shout out I could give recommendation on YouTube is Ivan on Tech. It's a programmer who kind of summarizes that for people like ourselves who are not programmers in terms of cryptocurrencies and why they have potential and why it's a big deal. Chainers, we've been hanging out with Dominic Florzak. If you're looking for more information on cryptocurrency, head over to chainofvault.com slash crypto to find out more. Chainers, we've absolutely loved hanging out with you today. Don't forget, this is a one of three part series, so definitely check out the other two. And as always, if you found this content helpful or want to continue the conversation, head over to chainofwealth.com slash podcast. And finally, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Catch you on the flip side. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.